Hello, Kevin and Barry, and welcome into episode four of Upon Further Review. I'm Evan Grant. Kevin Sherrington is here. Barry Horn is here. Episode four, guys, you know what that means. That is the key make or break episode. Is it? That's what all my research tells me. That's what tells you how much research you've done. Yes, I maybe I made that up. Let's start episode four. Let's get on with it. Yeah. Wow, you Barry, where do you gotta be? You got an early Lunch. bird special to get to? <laughs> Lunch. All right, so uh, let's start episode four, shall we? Let's uh, get right into cowboy talk because everybody is it cowboy season? Has the season started? It's, it's always, always cowboy, cowboy season, season, Kevin. Oh, you know that. Oh, that's right. Come on. What did our old uh, oral pal Dale Hansen say about the Cowboys? I don't know. You know, all, mostly when things are involved with old, you have the answer. So go ahead. Dale said that he could lead with the Cowboys 365 days a year. I'm going to tell you a little story. There used to be a newspaper war in Dallas, Texas, between the Dallas Times-Herald and Dallas Morning News. Dallas Times what? Dallas Times-Herald and the Dallas Morning News. H-A-R-O-L-D. Did the Times-Herald just not have a well, good digital well, plan? Well, he, he, let, me, let me just tell you. Let me get, tell you something. They did research. They marketed the heck out of it. Just, you know, the Morning News did. And here was the number one thing they said the research team came back with and said, you can increase your subscriptions if you change the name of your newspaper to the Dallas Cowboys Morning News. And we actually thought about that. I'm sure they did. Okay, I thought the number one research project would be, hey, let's get let's uh, write about the Trinity Project, the Trinity Toll Road Project. No? no. That wasn't going on back then? No. All right, Cowboys talk. Uh, speaking of ludicrous. The rapper? Yes. Boy, I'm surprised you knew that, Kevin. Yeah, I'm all over it, man. Uh, Des Bryant is threatening to hold out. I know that comes as a great shock. <laughs> He's threatening to hold out, not just through minicamp, but also the first game of the season. So... What degree of ludicrous is this? I'd, I'd like to see the Cowboy locker room the day after the, after the, after the Monday night opener. They've they've lost, and he walking in to, to play. Uh, okay, I'm here, guys. It's not a good thing. You you think this is there's a, a chance in anything that this actually happens? No, Kevin. No, he loves to play too much. This is all just 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 talk by him. Just all bluff. And, well, so and, 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 and let's say this. If they don't have him for one game, is this is this the end all be all? They don't have him for one game. I, I realize he is their best player. There's no question about that. But it's not the you know if, if you're threatening to hold out for one game, if you're going to threaten to hold out, you say I'm going to threaten to hold out for the whole season. Well, you know, may, that's the leverage. Maybe after one game, he says, okay, now now it's two games. I'm, I'm holding out for well, two games. That's what that's to me. That's the ludicrous part of it. I mean, it, it, it but it goes back to the same thing with the, with the Vikings and Adrian Peterson. The Vikings had all the leverage in that deal. Uh, we knew all along that Adrian Peterson was not going to win. He was making a lot of noise trying to force their hand. They refused to budge off of that, and so therefore he finally caved in. It's the same thing that will happen with, with Dez and the Cowboys. He he wants to get his money. He wants to, to win this thing, as all athletes do. They always want to win these uh, negotiating uh, pl- uh, pl- uh, ploys, but he's not going to. The, the Cowboys have all the leverage on this deal, and he'll play. Yeah, I, if, if he doesn't play, it's an $800,000 game check that he loses. So basically, it comes down to this: if you don't pay me more, I'm going to take less. It's pretty much what it comes down. That is down. correct. It's, it's good. I think that's a good one. Hold that sign up. Well, you know? well, here's the deal: the, the key day is the 15th of July, and after that, it doesn't matter. I, 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 I not being a football guy, I'm going to admit my ignorance here. But why is July and just 15th? everything and just football or everything? Just football. After so, after July 15th, he is officially a uh, tag player. 
Right. And then he has zero leverage whatsoever. Correct. There's there, no, there, there's no negotiation. You, you there could be no negotiations. Remind, this goes back 20 years when I covered the Marlins. But the, at, at that point in time, you know, salary arbitration, players had, baseball players had absolutely no leverage. You, you were assigned a contract by the club before salary arbitration. Chuck Carr with the Marlins, who was not the brightest guy in the book, decided he was going to hold out. And so basically – he hold, he held out with absolutely no leverage, and and is this the same situation? Well, well please don't bring bring ancient history in here because any minute now Kevin's going to start talking about five slam jamma. Kalishaw brought ancient history into the paper this morning when he cited Emmett Smith. Yeah, I didn't read the paper yet this morning. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great, Mister Up to Date. Well, is this similar to the Emmett Smith holdout in '93? No, and Emmett Smith no! held out for two games, and they still oh, won a Super Bowl. Even and they lost the both column. those games. No, That's this correct. is not the same. It is not remotely the same. I love when you guys talk in unison. Yeah, we, no, we practice on that. Mostly, it's we're like Crosby, no. Stills, and, and you're not Nash. I'm young. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not young. In this room, he is. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that's true. That's true. All right. So okay. So Des won't be at minicamp. Big we're, deal. Yeah, I, and if, if he's not in camp. I big say deal. big deal. Big deal. No, the guy the guy is a, is a beast, and he, he loves to play. He's going to stay in great shape, and he's going to be a, a very effective player for the Cowboys again this year. End of story. All right, so we start minicamp today if the tropical storm doesn't rush through here. They'll, they'll, they'll go to Highland Park High School, and, and there's always a high school they can go to. Right? <laughs> yes, no, that, seriously. That is correct. The, the, great, the great Dallas Cowboys, they, they can't practice, so they'll go to a, a nearby high school to practice. Is there anything to three days or four days of minicamp? Is there anything to come out of minicamp? Is there is there a, anything significant? Yes, Sean Lee cannot get hurt. Is uh, Sean Lee just becoming a punchline at this point? Yes. All right, so Kevin, do you have anything to say? Or are you still <laughs> well, you asleep? Know, we keep getting these yes and no answers from Barry. Uh, no, listen. If if Sean Lee gets hurt again, he got hurt last year. The, the Cowboys had a great season. You know, it, it's the the Cowboys season is not contingent upon Sean Lee. Well, it would what, be very nice if he could play. When I say Sean Lee, I'm using him as a metaphor for. You know what a metaphor is? Oh, uh, using metaphor, a, nobody need, nobody needs time. nobody needs to get hurt. Particularly, nobody get hurt, but here, particularly on this defensive side. But you could say that about everybody. To me, the one the one big bonus of the fact that Dez is holding out is that this is very good for Terrence Williams. He seems to have, have, have taken ownership of his role at this point. I think he was a little bit coasting in the shadow of Dez before, and now he has uh, seen that he has to step up his game. And if and listen, if he steps it up and becomes what he really could be, this could be really good for the Cowboys. Well, this was. This Terrence Williams, and, and this is one of the rare times that Tony Tony Romo and I agree on something because we've had a lot of political discussions. Y'all have a lot of giving back and forth. We do, but I, I think we both feel like Terrence Williams could be the breakout player for this but team. He, Terrence, Tony said that earlier this week. Beware though of what, what the Cowboys are saying about Terrence Williams because this is all part of the you know of the negotiating to get Dez back in. Okay. What what Barry's saying right there is that whatever you guys say, I dismiss that. Well, he's been right most of the time, Thank believe you. it or not. Joe, Joey Gallo, is he, is, is he still up? Does he have a future with you this know, team this year? With you, Case closed. With Next. you in baseball, it's like throwing darts. It, it, it's worth – all right, but it, mini camp. Mini camp, the, the number one story with the Cowboys is the running back. Is, does, is there anything that gets accomplished at, at number one running back in minicamp? Nothing will get accomplished in training camp, practically. I mean, uh, they'll eventually decide who it is is going to start the games, but it's going to be the same thing. Unless they bring somebody in, which is there's still a possibility of that, it will be by committee, and it won't matter who starts the game. 
uh, you know, they'll they'll have one of those uh, guys will start, and then they'll be moving them in and out. At this point in time, do we have a number one running back in the Dallas Cowboys scenario? I, not not in our minds, who is the number one? No. But do the Cowboys have a number one on their depth chart? Uh, no. And and as I told, and I said last time we got together, which was a beautiful thing, I think the, the leading rusher on the Cowboys is not yet on their roster. Okay. Here here's the question: Is Joseph Randall right now in the Cowboys' mind considered? Their number one guy on the depth chart, or is it Darren McFadden? No, I, we don't know that, but I, I I don't think they think that. I think they they lean more toward Darren McFadden. All right, so does Darren McFadden here? Is there any possible way that there's a change in the number one depth running back at depth chart at the end of minicamp? Oh, at the end of minicamp? No, no, no. And it doesn't matter. Who cares? Right. You know, uh, you know. All that matters is what they've got about about three weeks in a training camp. Then you start to care about all that stuff. I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, I, I think when you, you're talking training camp with the NFL, you're talking training camp with Major League Baseball, the first three weeks basically are are nothing except an opportunity to make money for the clubs, which is important because a lot of these guys are starving. They're really just barely getting by. They are getting by. In baseball, it's called spring training. I said training camp. It's the same thing. No, spring training, clubhouses, locker rooms is a difference. <laughs> I always like to be schooled by Barry on this kind of stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. Barry, we're going to actually we're going to give you some props at this point in time. You wrote about Lyle Collins on Sunday. Yes, he did. Very very nice story. Lyle as 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 we as, as we've got that. I just no, said no, that. I know, but a lot of people were calling him Lyle. I just want to make it clear. It's Lyle. It's Hebrew and for belongs to God. Belongs to God. You said that on the show last week. You printed it in big letters in the paper. I think. Did you I do the little, the little Hebrew symbols in the paper? It, it, it was funny because you you read Hebrew right to left, and I couldn't get any of the editors to understand that. It was it was. The, Are you saying we need more Jewish editors? I'm just saying we need more people with a better knowledge of the Hebraic language, or just better knowledge. That's what the, the sound bite's going to be. Did you hear Barry say? All right, no, forget all of that, knowledge. Barry. What was your takeaway on Lael Collins? My, here's my takeaway on, on the whole situation. I would have rather written a, a story about his mom. Uh, Loyita, uh, she's she's a terrific woman, and, and what I my come away from that is, Jerry Jones should do whatever he can, bring her to the Cowboys, have a team mom, and have her a little office on the side of that uh, clubhouse. No, it's a locker room, and she would she would turn that locker room around. What she's what, a she's a strict disciplinarian. She takes I, I think no that, crap from anybody. And raised her son in a very tough area without a, f- a dad, and did a pretty good job. But, but Barry, you've you've done a number of these profiles on people. I'm sorry, Kevin. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to no, say. No, but Barry, I thought that you were fitting in. She would fit in great because she's she's been a prison guard. She has been a, she has been a prison guard, and she's and she's now Over a guard. Low hanging fruit. And, and she's and she's now a guard at a. Uh, a casino in Baton Rouge. Here, here's a point I think we need to take as a takeaway on Barry's story, which was a, a, an excellent story. But what the takeaway for me, it was the same thing that I had from the press conference at which Lyle spoke and his mother spoke. Uh, and I was very impressed with them. And, you know, we always say about press conferences, oh, this or that. I, I tell you what, uh, I, I think I can tell at these press conferences these people are sincere or not or earnest or not. And, and they very much so were. And at that time, we may remember, everybody was trying to group him in with uh, with Greg Hardy. And then they were saying, oh, with Randy Gregory because of the failed marijuana. And now they've taken this guy who's been in, uh, been, the police have talked to him about the murder of his former girlfriend. 
And and everybody was riding. A national meeting was riding. The local meeting was riding. Look what the Cowboys are doing. And that was incredibly unfair to that young man that we were throwing him in the boat. First of all, to me, it's just Greg Hardy. Whatever you want to say about Randy Gregory and the failed marijuana test, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of that going on. There's not, not a lot of failed tests, but there's a lot of marijuana smoking going on in athletics. What? Yeah, a lot. So let's, Wait a minute. Let, let's I, not be hanging out Randy Gregory. Should we do a that. segment on that, that there may be some marijuana in the NFL may, and pro sports? And in basketball and in baseball and everywhere else. But, but here's the thing. It was, it was incredibly unfair to that young man. And I remember I got a lot of emails from people after I wrote at that press conference uh, and about that, what he had done from people saying that, oh, this, I can't believe you're supporting this and this guy and this, and this culture that the Cowboys are creating here. And that was incredibly unfair. Barry, here's the thing I got out of the story is, is all the stuff about the mother and, and how strong a presence the mother was. But the question that I, you know, you read these stories and you get, you, you get a great picture, but you always want more. And the question I would have had for you after this is, okay, you've done a number of these profiles on people who have come either from broken homes or who have come from, from tough starts. What made this mother stand out for you uh, she, above others. She knew the way she was going to raise her son. She wasn't taking any crap from anybody. As Kevin pointed out to me before I went out there, he's not allowed to have a tattoo. He can't, he, he won't, he's, he lives, he's afraid of his mom. And she has five, there, there are five kids. His brother is on the track team at LSU. Um, you know, she raised her kids. She did everything. She worked two jobs. She's worked three jobs. She's driving shingles around in, in Katrina. She's delivering pizzas. Not, I don't think in Katrina. Uh, at the time of Katrina, she is she is uh, delivering pizzas. She drives a truck. Are, are she, not all she, of her she, children she, educated? Uh, yeah, absolutely. They they all went to either LSU or Southern in in Baton Rouge. And 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 I don't know if I mentioned this. She intends to go back to school to. to get a degree yeah i think that was in the story and, and again it's a it's a great story and it's still it's still available online and very worth a read because you don't get a, a, a chance to really view where players came from and I, I one thing i thought was kevin said at the press conference they were earnest but i thought the mother really opened up and and, and lyle did too to some extent about about background and about what that familial relationship w was all about all right, so on that note, let's 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 fold a little baseball in here. We the we are family Texas Rangers. <laughs> we are family Texas Rangers. Well, I mean they've got a guy from the Pirates running the the field team, so uh, I don't think it's from that era though. No, no, he 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 was drafted in '85, so we would have just missed that, but just missed the cocaine. Yeah, right. With with you, it's all about the <laughs> drugs. It's about cocaine and marijuana. I'm just facing the real world here, pal. Oh, by the way, Kevin, happy birthday. Oh, thanks so much. That was actually yesterday, but thanks very much. Kevin, how old are you now? 112. In dog years. <laughs> no, that's in human years. It, I'm actually, see, I really look good for my age. I, I, I think, think he's like 350 age. in uh, dog years, aren't oh, you? Wow. How old are you? 59. Kevin, 59. What a whippersnapper. He's a kid. I am. I am just a kid. All right, so speaking of, uh, well, not yet about kids, but let's speak about what the Rangers have this week with a bunch of kids in the lineup. They go to L.A. on Wednesday and get a date with Clayton Kershaw. Thursday with Zach Greinke. That'll be fun. Friday against um, Chris Sale. Chris Sale. Saturday against Carlos Rodon, who was the number three pick in the draft last year and who was very impressive yes, uh, against them last week. And then Sunday against uh, Jose Quintana. So they've got five lefties in a six-game span with an incredibly left-handed lineup. 
for, for, let's before we get to all the lefties, those three pitchers in a row. I mean, can you imagine? Could you possibly set up a schedule tougher for a club? How about four pitchers in a row? I th- I, th- I think you have to have Rondon in th- in there too. I, I mean, Rondon's only made about five starts at this point in time, but the stuff is pretty electric, and he was he should have been the number one pick in the draft. Was represented by Boris. Fell a couple spots to, to to the White Sox who were willing to, to pay the price, but I, I just don't know when you know you talk about accomplishments. You're talking three Cy Youngs between Kershaw and Greinke. Sale very possibly could win a Cy Young. I think Kershaw and Sale are the top two left-handers in all of Major League Baseball. I just I cannot envision a realistic stretch of schedule for any team in which they would face three three pitchers any more difficult. Than See, this. I, I think what's great about this, this, this is the way fans should look at this. This is a little, let's say that the Rangers continue this trend that they're on right now, which they're playing very well, and they carry this and they make the postseason. This is a really good look at what the postseason is going to look like. Not necessarily that every team's going to stack up. I don't think like any this. team. I don't unless they play the Dodgers in the World Series, and you know they're not going to face a, a one-two like this, and they're not going to face three pitchers in a row like this with any club. They're not, but but it's, it's still going to be it's going to border on that. And and then this is this is this is like playoff pitching here, and this is what they're going to have to do, and this is what they're going to have to face, and this is why they're going to have to make adjustments in their lineup. They are going to have to probably go out, I think, and maybe get a right-handed bat, uh, unless you think Kyle Blanks is going to come back and be be that uh, that factor for them. So. I don't expect this to go very well. Uh, they have not hit against left-handers very well, and I, I don't think it's gonna. I think it may hit a little skid here. Well, also, also the you know you're talking about the World Series. How about how about the uh, the playoffs, the uh, ALDS, the ALCS, the wild card, whatever. They're they're gonna face unless they get a uh, you know Beltre back and another right-hand batter. They're just gonna f- face a plethora of lefties. But if you if you go get another right-handed bat, the only place that you could potentially play them. Once Beltre's back is is in left field, and right now, you've got to make room for Joey Gallo. So well, hold on, wait, wait, whoa, 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 Evan Grant. Yes, didn't I just ask you the other day about Joey Gallo, and you said, "Of course they're sending him down." What? I mean, that was the he quote. did what? Of what was this? Of course they're sending him. Down. I, and you know what? I still and that think, was like two days I, ago. I still think when Hamilton, if Hamilton and Beltre both come back at the end of this month, it's very possible that Joey goes back to AAA for another, who knows, who knows how much time hours. it could be. But I think it would be to go back and say, okay, you're going to go play left field every day down there because I think it's very possible the way things are going, if they get Josh back, if they get him healthy, if Leonis Martin doesn't really go on a surge here, they may try and, 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 and push Hamilton into center field and Gallo into left. And if you've got Fielder, Beltre, Gallo, Hamilton in the middle of that lineup with Chu getting on base. I'd still like another right-handed bat, and I think Kevin's 100% right. Oh, I, I, I would, too. I just want to know where you're playing him. I think it's a great point. But I think the thing about Gallo in left field is— Unless you go out and get a catcher. Through, yes. That's a, that's a good thought. Uh, How I, many offensive a catchers? A catcher who can hit? No. They're very rare. No. Uh, but— as long as, as Shinsu Chu is playing right field, Joey Gallo won't look that bad in left field. <laughs> You're talking about the catch that Chu made last night? I guess we're going to call that a catch. He did make the catch. I, you know, I haven't seen a play. Look he played it better than Puig played right field <laughs> well, last night. Wait, how about, the, how about when Puig got mad because he got called off on the catch in he, right center? If he, what was that all about? Listen, Yasiel Puig's day last, yesterday was quite entertaining. Oh, and the breaking the bat. Breaking the bat over his, over his knee after striking out. Have you ever done Vince, that, Evan? 
I have not. Uh, not even a wiffle ball bat. Smashing the light fixture in the that dugout. That was good, too. Walking back to the dugout slower than any player I've ever seen walk back to the dugout. Well, he probably hurt his leg on that the, uh, broken bat. Getting, getting pissed off about not getting to catch the ball on right field. And then throwing the ball basically up the third base line try, and airmailing the cutoff guy trying to get a guy at home. Puig is an incredibly talented player, but he also does some things that are just, you know, off the charts, either moody and, and it, it, it rolls over into his game or just fundamentally poor. I, I, this guy's going to make Manny Ramirez look like a, a kindergarten kid. But you guys still are refusing to handle the what do you do with Joey Gallo question. All right. Here, here's you find the, a place. First of all, you don't assume that everybody's going to be healthy yes. the whole year. Point That's number right. one. Okay. Yeah. So and you if you find a way to use them. The, the abundance – let me just finish this. Gosh. Too much talent is never a problem. Here, here's the thing that I think it was the, the genius of the Rangers, this entire deal with Joey Gallo, was they said, oh, this is just going to be until these guys come back. And that way they took all the pressure off. There's that way. If he comes up and he performs poorly, then he goes back. And we say, ah, we were just having him up for a little trial. It was all it was, right? But I think in their heart of hearts, they thought, now if he comes up and he plays really well, well then we'll make another decision. We'll we'll we'll, we'll do something else. Here. Sure, they they felt like if he comes up and he plays well, it'd be great to have this decision to make. And and the thing is, hey, the home runs have all been wonderful and magnificent and majestic and epic, all that. epic, epic. He's taken seven walks, and he's taken some tough walks as the as, as time has progressed. And the fact that he's got a 400 on-base percentage as of right now and that he's got an OPS over 1,000, those are the things that make you stand up and say, maybe he does have to stay up here. I don't think there's any maybe about it. I'm, I'm with Barry. I think you leave him up here and you make your decisions. Look, they're already doing that. Wow, you're, you're, talk you're, about flip-floppers. You're making, <laughs> what? I said this all along. Hands are out there, <laughs> Hanser Alberto, you put him at third base last night, and you put Odor at second base. You know what? Here's the deal. In the end, this is not a good defensive team anyway. Pretty much any way you shake it up. It has not really been a, a, a great – it's never been a great defensive Odor team. Odor did a great season. job at second base last he night. He did a nice job. There's no, he, he, there's no question about that. But the thing, the point is is that what he is doing, the, the manager is doing, is he's just finding, look, let's we got to get these bats in the lineup. Let's put this guy here. Let's put this guy here. Let's put this guy here. And this is what this lineup will look like for the rest of the season. I, well, I, I thought what he did with the lineup last night was, was quite frankly, masterful. And he admitted. We're he admitted he did a masterful job? He did uh, do a masterful job, just like you did with the, with the Lyle Collins story. But he, com he compacted. Such a suck up. He compacted the lineup and said he compacted the top of the lineup to stack those lefties. And then you look at that rally that they got in the sixth inning, and it was Chu taking a walk, Gallo taking a walk, and then singles by uh, Fielder, Fielder, Moreland, and then with one out you, after the bunt, a, a single the opposite way, which I hadn't seen from Odor since he in, in the first month, uh, uh, with two strikes. I, mean, I think I brought that up last week. Are you about, concerned that Fielder – is not showing any power. He does not have an. He has one extra base hit since the start of June, and let's say let, let me say this: it's noticeable to me because I looked it up. I I, I double checked it last night, um, and it's something that I think requires some monitoring. But right now, because he's still hitting three hundred this month, and he's still driving in runs. Because forty five RBS. The, right? the left handed power is coming from Joey Gallo, who has to stay on the team. 
Okay. Well, I, I think the, well, the point is about the remember about Fielder, though, too, is I, I think he's discovered this new way to hit. As we noted before, it's a remarkable thing, and a guy his age has decided to do this. Kevin Kevin likes to, as I've noted before. No, I said we've noted before. No, you said I. I said Play it back. We've noted before. No, the, the, look. He's to, he realizes that look, I'm just as good here driving the ball the opposite way for a single and driving in a run as I am by by hitting one on the home run porch. Yeah. So I don't think he's he's not swinging as big as he used to. You know, this guy had one of the biggest swings in baseball. You know, for for years. But that's what made him all his money. That's what. That, that, well, absolutely. But I think you know, as long as he's driving in runs, that's all anybody should care about. Don't don't care about the home runs. Care about the RBIs. All right, now well, let's get to the lightning round very quickly. Words okay, with friends. Go. You ready? Yeah. Barry. Yes. Grinder, grinder. <laughs> I don't know. Are we, are we making? Are we it's, making? It's are we, not you? Are we? Are it's we making? You. Are we making a ham? Are we making hamburger here? Are we putting the? I don't know. Grinder. I'll say a grinder. You, he want you to know. think of a person who would be a grinder. I don't. I'm can't. I, I just. I. I think this has become an overword used in sport. An over used. overused word in sports. Everybody's grinding every day, and they're grinding. Kevin, I think John Hart used to tell you how much he grinded every day, didn't it's, it's he? A oh, <laughs> yeah. so you're saying it's cliche. I agree with you. You do? Yes. Okay, let's mark that. Mark that. Barry agreed with okay. me. Okay, go on. Kevin. Yes. You're, you're, are we going to do it like password and say it real quietly? Kevin, the password is Kari Lettinen. <laughs> That's not a word. That's a name, and it's two names. I said this <laughs> when I started these things with these rules. I said I could say a word or a name. It, it's, I, I think the key was that, that they they showed when they when they've hired their new uh, goalie coach here that this is this is the idea we're gonna we're gonna try to save this guy. This was the only thing they could do. This was the right move they made. And you, you can't trade that contract, and and they need to try to salvage this guy. Instead of playing words with friends, let's next time let's play charades. <laughs> I don't think that goes over as well on audio. Barry, last shot. Uh, I just want to say I think the Stars did a really good job in hiring a new play-by-play voice. Dave Strader is a guy who comes in. He's been with the uh, Red Wings. He's been uh, he's been around the league. He's been with the Coyotes. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's a national guy, and I, th- I think they went big time, and I think they did a good job. Kevin, last shot. Matt Harrison, uh, last week when I went to saw, see him, and he talked about his brother having cancer uh, and uh, and how he's doing better. Uh, what, what a class guy Matt Harrison is. And it, whether you think he's going to be able to pitch again or not, he is uh, he's everything you'd want for want in a teammate or somebody to pull for. If fans are going to pull for somebody, pull for Matt Harrison. All right, I think that'll wait, get us. Wait, can we give you a final word? Sure. Give Kevin, me give, word. give him a final word. A final word? A words with friends. Words, a words, with, friends. With, a words with acquaintance. Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza, a great concert that I've never been to, but I've, it's also kind of— You thought it was a stripper. No, I never told you that. Okay. I, I, I think it's also come and gone and seen its day. And here's the thing about music festivals. I will say this about music festivals. Having gone to one in my entire career that was at Texas Motor Speedway— Was that Jimmy Buffett? And it was the Blockbuster Music Festival— uh, and you got like there was one road into TMS at that point in time. There may still be. I haven't been there in a while. Uh, you couldn't get anywhere close to actually seeing the artists. There were eight jillion people, and the music festival is a lot like popcorn. I think in that it's one of those things that looks and seems like it's going to be great, but oftentimes is very disappointing. I just want to say thank you for being timely. As we say, have a moment of silence. Blaze Star passed away. Blaze Star, that's right. The uh, the uh, the mistress of Earl Long, the former governor in Louisiana. 
All right. Thank you, Kevin, for bringing the 1960s back into our show. And we will be out of here and see you later in the week.